My message today is going to be titled, The Fine Print. I made the statement that um, 1,500 years of time had transpired, 40 authors were inspired by God to write 66 books of the Bible. They were preserved by God, collected by men, uh, and made available for free, often, um, to people who are interested in knowing the Word of God. You know, and one of these days, folks, we're going to stand before God in judgment and give an account for what we've done with this marvelous book. Um, God has made, made it available. He has put it in our hands. Let's take a test, shall we? Um, where, where in God's Word do we find the Ten Commandments recorded? Deuteronomy chapter 5. Exodus chapter 20. I saw somebody going like this. And Deuteronomy chapter 5. Somebody knew exactly where it was. All right. Let's recite them together, shall we? Now, in the Old Testament, uh, on occasion when they read God's Word, uh, I believe in the book of Nehemiah, we find where they read God's Word, they stood. They had such respect for the Word of God on that occasion anyway that, that they stood while the Word was being read. I can't emphasize enough today, folks, how important God's Word is to us. Still, we should, we should hold it in high esteem. We should revere, not worship, but revere God's Word. Now, the Ten Commandments. God said, I am the Lord, and thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, no idols. All right? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And finally, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. All right, now, we're not going to cover every word every, of, of every commandment Verbatim, you can turn in what? Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, and you can find the words, all the words there to these commandments. Commandment number 5, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long on the earth. Paul said in the New Testament, this is the first commandment with promise. If we'll honor our mothers and fathers, our days will be long on the earth. That's the promise. Thou shalt not murder, kill. Thou shalt not, no, commit adultery. Now, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Lie. Don't tell lies. And finally, thou shalt not covet. Yeah. Desire somebody else's belongings. All right. That's God's covenant agreement with his people. If we want God's blessing upon our lives, it is predicated on our first knowing these commandments and then doing what the commandments say. Now I want you to understand 
These are the very first written words of God. Before, before God gave these commandments in a written form to Israel, the word of God, the message of God, the, 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 the notion, the idea that there is a God and everything that we could know about him was communicated orally. It was handed down person to person uh, by word of mouth. But these are the very first of the written words of God. Now, wouldn't it be something if we had those words today? But I'm sure we all have this, this image fixed in our brains of Carlton Heston coming down the mountain with these ten tab or two tables of stone in his hand, you know. And I'm sure it didn't look like that. But God's Word tells us these laws were written the finger of God. Yeah, Moses didn't write them. God wrote them in the stone. But what we need to understand about these, these commandments, they were written with the finger of God. They were written on tables of stone. And stone first tells us they were weighty. Not just the stones, but God's Word is weighty. That means it's important. We ought, to, we ought to really give attention to what it says. And they were etched in stone. We know what that means. They're unchangeable. God's Word hasn't changed from the time it was given at Mount Sinai until today. They don't change. They're not a slide rule. Uh, you know, situation ethics isn't going to change what God's Word has to say. They're the same today, just like our God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Wouldn't it be something if we had those two tables of stone? Well, they'd be locked away in some museum somewhere behind bulletproof glass. You know, it'd cost us a fortune probably to have the opportunity to go see them. And likely when people would walk in there and look at these, these tables of stone written with God's word on them, they would probably prostrate themselves in some way and offend the very God who wrote the words because all of our devotion, our worship is to be directed to him, not to anything else. The word of God can become our idol, our graven image if we're not careful. God wisely put those tables of stone away somewhere. But what we do have is this. And we do have it. God made sure that we could have these, these commandments in our possession. Praise the Lord he did. Now, God's covenant with Israel. These commandments were written on two tables of stone. The first one contained four commandments, and those four commandments are spiritual in nature. I read where they are spiritual and they are vertical because they relate to our relationship with God and our responsibility to Him. These commandments address specifically our responsibilities to God and how we can have a right relationship with Him. Now, the other commandments go along with that. If we're going to have a right relationship with God, we're going to keep the rest of them. But these first four specifically relate to, to God, spiritual things. And the second table is moral. It is civil. And it is vertical. That is, these laws relate to our relationship with one another and our responsibilities to one another. 
I can't address every single one of them today. Aren't you glad? <laughs> I can't address every single one of them today, so I have chosen two representative commandments today, and, and, and you'll see why I have chosen these two in, in just a little while. I think that will become self-evident. The fourth commandment says what? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, if you look in your Bible at Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, you'll find something extraordinary about this one commandment. There is more verses given in explanation of this one commandment than any of the rest. I believe there's a significant reason for that. I believe it's because God knew that we would probably transgress this one commandment more than we would any of the others. This one commandment re required more explanation uh, to tell us uh, specifically about how important it is and how we should keep it holy, the Sabbath, than any of the rest of the commandments. And brothers and sisters, I believe it's important for us to understand what it means. Now, my title today is The Fine Print. We know what the commandment says. We know what it is. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. There are four other verses in connection with that commandment to explain what it means. Don't do any work. Not only just you, but your children also, your sons, your daughters, your servants. And not only them, but the stranger that's traveling through your land. Don't allow them to do any work either. The Sabbath day is sanctified. It's hallowed. God has done so. And he wants us to keep it holy. And this commandment today is still in force. Now, I know there's lots of argument about the seventh-day Sabbath and the sixth-day Sabbath. That'll be a sermon for another time. I believe today, folks, it is important for you and I to have this day set aside where we can devote ourselves to the worship of God. And I believe also with all of my heart that our family traditions and, and, and cultural traditions and everything else in the world is, is setting aside. It's making null and void the commandment of God. And Jesus Christ in the New Testament, he condemned Israel for doing that very thing. He said, full well, well you reject the commandments of the Lord that you may keep your own traditions. I believe that's what we're doing to a large extent today. Now, you all know I'm a dyed-in-the-wool sports fan. I believe our, our, our cultural attachment to sports is, is making void the commandment of God. It is circumventing the commandment of God for us to keep the day holy, to, to reserve that day for spiritual, sacred, holy things. But then that's just me. Now, There's an old adage, the devil is in the details. The devil is in the details. Every one of us, those of us that have significant age anyway, every one of us has signed at least one contract in our time. 
Um, you might have signed an employment contract. Um, you might have signed an insurance contract. I'm satisfied we've all got those, don't we? We've got insurance upon insurance upon insurance. And if we listen to the insurance gurus, we would have our insurance policies insured. Uh, and every one of us, we have those. And, and I have at least one of those. I don't know how many. I've got everything insured. And I'm sure you do too. Well, to, to give you an, an example of what I mean about the devil is in the details. Some time ago, a certain licensed driver that resides at 106 Oak Drive, uh, heretofore known as the pastor's residence, did in fact operate a motor vehicle and did hit, strike, collide with a certain object in the middle of the thoroughfare known as Lexington Street and did significant damage to the four-wheeled motor vehicle being driven. And because this certain object was lying in the middle of the thoroughfare and didn't fly from or proceed from another motorized vehicle, it was deemed by the insurance company to be covered under collision instead of comprehensive. Well, guess who came out on top of that deal? The devil is in the details. Now, legal experts will tell us always that when we sign a, a contract of any kind, what are we supposed to do? Read the fine print. Yeah, read the fine print. But we don't do that, do we? And if your pastor was a gambling man, uh, and, and, and this would be a safe bet, I don't think I'd be risking my hard-earned money to bet that almost no one here in this room takes time to read the fine print. We want to read the bold print. You know, we want to hit the high places. We want to get the gist of what it says. But we don't take time to read the fine print. And could I suggest to you today that we likely do our Bibles the same way? We know the commandment says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. But we don't bother to read all of the rest of the verbiage there, even in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and Exodus chapter 20. But I want you to understand that from Genesis all the way to the last amen of Revelation is the fine print of what that commandment says. Now you'll find the fine print... Let me, let me clarify something here, too. There's no fine print with God. You know, there's no real little print. My Bible, is all the words are all the same size. And every single one of them is just as weighty as what was engraved on those two tables of stone that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. And every word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, is the word of God and is part of that covenant contract agreement that God's people have made with him. Every one of them, every single one of them, we're just as responsible to know and understand and keep as those are. Now, God has given us kind of a leg up here with these Ten Commandments, you know, to give us the gist of what this contract says. And folks, I believe, sincerely, this one commandment, number four, 
is probably at the heart of most of all of our ills that we're suffering today. I don't believe for a minute that a person gets up some Monday morning or even Sunday morning and says, you know what, I'm just going to serve another God today. I don't believe they get up one day and, and, and think in their mind, I'm just going to curse God today. I'm going to take his name in vain. I don't think that's the way it happens. I don't think they get up some morning and decide, I'm just going to make me a graven image of some, some sort and go to worshiping. That doesn't happen that way. But what does happen is people get up on Sunday morning and say, oh, I've got a headache. I just can't go to church today. Or I've got the sniffles. Or I've been up all night, my back hurts. I just can't sit on those hard pews today. I'm going to stay home. And next Sunday, there's another excuse about like that one. And the next Sunday, and before you know it, they're not going to church at all. And before you know it, they're cursing God's name and blaspheming His name, taking His name in vain. And I don't know if they ever graduate on to making graven images, but you get the picture. This fourth commandment is probably, you know, in our mind's way of thinking, probably the least important of the three. But it's the one that we transgress and violate more than any other. And I believe the same is true with the seventh commandment on the second table, which is thou shalt not covet, or excuse me, thou shalt not commit adultery. Commandment number seven. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now you'll find, if I could refer to it this way, the fine print of that commandment in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. But you'll find also the fine print to that commandment from Genesis to Revelation, just like the other one. God in His Word made these commandments Plain and simple. And this commandment, the seventh commandment, nature tells us. Nature tells us itself that it is wrong to commit adultery. But God didn't leave this to chance or to nature. We have this commandment, this simple little commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's it. Five simple words in the King James Bible. If we were to update it to modern English, we would say don't commit adultery. Three words. Don't commit adultery. Why? Because this commandment is so serious, folks. I believe that you could trace most, most of our crime rate to the rejection of this one commandment. You could, you could trace most of the homeless children, fatherless, motherless children, to the, to the rejection of this one commandment. Our hospitals are filled with, with people being treated for the consequences of this 
commandment. Our legal system is burdened down. And I believe the people that are in the legal system would happily tell you that so many of the cases that they're dealing with, it it stems from the the rejection of this one commandment. And yet in our time, you know, you won't read this on the news. You won't hear the experts talk much about it. In our time, this commandment is being being celebrated. It's being promoted in our time that it's the, 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 the greatest thing in the world for people to have this sexual freedom when God so many years ago said, don't commit adultery. Don't do it. Why? Because it wrecks families. It ruins lives. It brings about the transgression of all of those other commandments that that we read about in in the Word of God. It it honestly, sincerely does. Now, several years ago, some of the parents... We had a number of, of young people, teenage, teenagers that, that were growing up here in the church. And so many of the parents asked me, Brother Stapleton, would you teach our children what the Bible says about sex? You've got to be kidding. No. I, they weren't kidding. Well, I had the parents sign on the dotted line. There was no fine print in the contract. It just says, I consent to have my child set to this class on, on, on Bible and, and sex. And I want to tell you, it was a jaw-dropping, eye-popping experience for all those teenagers in that class. When we sat and talked about what God's Word says about sex, and, and folks, listen, in the fine print in God's Word, this commandment about adultery, it covers everything. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, uh, bestiality. It's all covered. It all comes under the, the umbrella of this one Common sense commandment, don't commit sexual sin. Keeping the, the words of God. And folks, listen, you know, our, our culture, our nation is suffering today because of an abandonment of God's word and what it says. The Apostle Paul wrote about these commandments in the New Testament. The book of Romans is Paul's greatest most doctrinal book in the New Testament. And he tells us in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, in verse 12, that the commandments of God, these commandments are ordained to life. God's only begotten Son, God manifest in the flesh, told this rich young man, keep the commandments and you'll have eternal life. And I believe he meant exactly what he said. Part of the commandment of God is that we should love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we should love Him intensely. And if we will do that, we will find Him as Lord and Savior. If you really love God, you will hunt for Him and find Him until you you embrace Him and fully experience God's saving grace. These commandments were ordained to life. If you're lost today, you need the Lord in your life. And keeping the Word of God and knowing what it says. Now, I was 27 years old when the Lord called me into ministry, and I was totally ignorant of this Bible except for what somebody else had told me. I don't think that's so unusual. I'm thankful for grace and mercy that saves foolish, ignorant, lost sinners like me.